so clear. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8, in verses 1 through 9. And this is a really a lesson on giving. A lesson on giving. And you can have a million dollars, and you can be a million dollars in debt, and you can still give. <laughs> so that's a hard thing to learn, I think, sometimes. But the Lord gives us so many different ways to give. It's not always money. It can be time and resources. And so I pray that today the Lord will open your heart on how you can be a giver that is pleasing to the Lord. And again, we're going to start even with our example. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, actually starting in verse 8 here in King James. Paul writes to the church. He says to them, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Let's start here with a little story that kind of reminds us about giving. I thought this was pretty good this morning. A man, he had a heart attack, and he was rushed to the hospital, and he could receive little company, and he, he was not to be excited. Well, while he was in the hospital, a rich, a rich uncle died and left him a million dollars, and his family wondered how to break the news to him with the least amount of excitement. It was decided to ask the preacher if he would go in and break the news quietly to the man. Well, the preacher went, and he gradually led up to the question. The preacher asked the patient what he would do if he inherited a million dollars. He said, I think I would give half of it to the church. And the preacher dropped dead. <laughs> right? Okay. Generosity, sometimes it can overwhelm us, right? Uh, how is your level of graciousness and your level of generosity? We're going to look at Paul's going to challenge the church about generosity, and he's going to use a few different examples today about how to do that, how to challenge them. And so I want you to think about that today. And again, I want to be really clear, okay? Um, you may not have hardly any money, and that's okay. This, this lesson isn't just about money. But you, everybody in here, you already have a gift of presence. Your presence is a gift to be with other people, to listen, to hear them, to share with them. But you may have time, you may have skills and abilities. Some of you guys have some amazing abilities. I've seen what you can do. How are you sharing those things with a generous spirit for the glory of the Lord? And that's what we want to be challenged with today. So the first thing we're going to look at, going back up in verse 1, is giving in adversity. Giving in adversity, which I think is a great uh, picture of even the very times we live in. So let's look in verse 1. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Rich generosity. So Paul here, and this is his second letter to the Corinthian church, but he's speaking about some churches in Macedonia. There's one that is the church of Philippi, Philippians. We studied them not too long ago, even this summer, okay? The Philippian church is known for their generosity, for their joyous spirit, and they have been giving to a cause that 
is dear to Paul's heart. You guys remember Paul, he came from Jerusalem, from a Jerusalem council, and he knew that there was a lot of very poor Christians in Jerusalem. And so as he went on his missionary journeys, he would ask the other churches to help some of the poor that were back in Jerusalem. Uh, Brooklyn and I were talking about this a little bit even this uh, weekend. It's very interesting as the relief goes to foreign countries, like relief aid, in a lot of countries where Christian persecution is high, guess who the last group of people to get aid are? It's the Christians, right? And so even in our time, when we showed uh, Voice of the Martyr, I usually show Open Door stuff. Those are organizations that are trying to help get aid to brothers and sisters who are very poor Christians in other places in the world. Paul is doing that very same thing as he writes this book to the church at Corinth. He wants other churches to be able to help out the poor back in Jerusalem. And so he gives the example to the Corinthian church of a couple other churches that are doing this. He says, I want you to get a lesson here from your brothers in Macedonia. And so I'm going to challenge you even this morning. It would do us well to heed the example of generous churches that are even within our own association and that we would desire to be known to become a generous church. Now, let me just say this. This is really transparent, okay? Let's just be wide open here. To be honest, we talk about generosity in this church. You guys are ridiculously amazing when it comes to finances, okay? The amount that this little group of people does to maintain what we do every year when we do our state of the church, I'm just blown away with how the Lord can take so little and make so much out of it, all right? So thank you so much for your generosity. And I know that we've been growing in this area in the last couple of years, right? So we've decided to do a monthly homeless ministry. It's been really cool to see that people that don't even come to our church building have been sharing with socks and gloves and food in a way they've been generous to share with what we're doing in that ministry, all right? So as we become more generous, we'll probably also find that the Lord brings in other avenues to meet those needs. It's not just us that has to meet the need, amen? The Lord can deliver it, but we've got to be open to what he's, what he's doing. And so thank you from the very beginning this morning. Thank you for the generous heart that you have. And yet, I still want to challenge you. Where do we go next, corporately and individually? How is the Lord leading us to be generous in our lives? Well, the first thing I want you to see this morning is that their giving was in adversity. The Macedonians, the Philippians church, the Thessalonians church, those churches gave in spite of their trials. Anybody can give when things are going good. Amen? You're going through the drive-thru, and your bill comes out. Oh, would you like to round up? Sure, I'll round up. Hey, I'm doing all right right now. Not a big deal, right? I'll give another 75 cents. I'm generous. Amen? <laughs> when things are going well, it's easy to give. But when things don't go so well, when the tires are misaligned and they're popping, when the transmission fails, uh, when <laughs> you run into the large deer and you have to get your whole vehicle redone. Anybody ever been through those things? When the refrigerator starts leaking and it leaks all over the kitchen floor, or when it's getting about this time when the pipes freeze or the basement floods. We don't have any basement flood experiences here, right? Um, you guys know what we're talking about, right? There's just those things in life that happen, and all of a sudden you're like, I thought I had this nice, I just need a little cushion, I just need a little cushion. And there's no cushion, <laughs> right? 
and you start looking at different bills. And unfortunately, some of us don't always make the best choices. Maybe the Lord would have you do this, but most of the time I'd say he probably doesn't want you sticking stuff on your credit card. And some of us do. And we add it up and preacher's been there. Trust me. Okay. And you're like, Oh no, what have I done? And adversity begins to hit. Or maybe there's sickness, right? Like my friend Michael this morning, I don't even know, like I can't even comprehend trying to come up with that kind of money for medicine. What are they going to do? Right. And what Paul says to the Corinthian church, I want you to see what the Philippians and the Thessalonians have been doing. Even in adversity, they've believed that God would meet their needs, and so they have been generous. Think about that a little bit today, right? So I would challenge you this morning, don't let your giving be based just upon your circumstances. Make sure it's based upon the Lord's leadership in your life. Because you may be in a time right now and you think, well, I can give this much right now. Or maybe, they go, oh, I don't think I can help out with this right now. What you need to know for sure is what the mind of the Lord is. If the Lord wants you to give it, he'll take care of you. That's a, that's a preacher's promise to you today. If it's him that wants you to give it, he'll take care of you. Now, there's people who come along and some people are a lot smoother than others and a lot more manipulative than others. And they'll try to pull some money out of you, right? Be careful with that. But if you'll follow the Lord's lead, even in adversity, give as the Lord leads, and you'll find that the Lord will bless. The churches there in Macedonia, they gave even when it hurt to give. They gave when it truly cost them something. Let me give you an example of this, just a good illustration about how this worked out. This is an old-time example, but a good story. In the latter part of the 17th century, a German preacher, August Frank, founded an orphanage to care for the homeless children of Hale. One day, when Frank desperately needed funds to carry on his work, a destitute Christian widow came to his door begging for a ducat. Help me if I'm pronouncing that right. But a ducat, which was a gold coin. Well, because of his financial situation, he politely but regretfully told her he couldn't help her. And so disheartened, the woman begins to weep. And moved by her tears, Franca asked her to wait while he went to his room to pray. After seeking the Lord's guidance, he felt the Holy Spirit wanted him to change his mind. So trusting the Lord to meet his own needs, he gave her the money. Two mornings later, he received a letter of thanks from the widow, and she explained that because of his generosity, she had asked the Lord to shower the orphanage with more gifts. Well, the same day, Franco received 12 ducats from a wealthy lady and two more from a friend in Sweden. He thought he had been amply rewarded for helping the widow, but he was soon informed that the orphanage was to receive 500 gold pieces from the estate of Prince Ludwig van Wurttemberg. When he heard this, Francis wept in gratitude. In sacrificially providing for the needy widow, he had been enriched, not impoverished. Okay, Probably just about every Christian in this room has a story where you gave when you didn't really think you could give, and the Lord still took care of your needs, didn't he? All right. So I'm challenging you again today. Now, I'm not, I don't have any specific thing today. I'm not here to hit you up for some fundraising thing. I want you to listen to the voice of the Lord and see how he wants you to give. All right. And he'll take care of your needs. I guarantee he'll take care of your needs. Paul says the churches in Macedonia, they gave with overflowing joy in the midst of trial. <laughs> when your life looks horrible, one of the best things you can do is help somebody else. Amen? 
The Thessalonians and the Philippians, the churches of Macedonia, gave with a joyful heart in the midst of trying circumstances. You ever give, but you're kind of holding on to things too? Sure, you can have it. <laughs> right? Sometimes we do that, don't we? Right? Oh, yeah, I'll give you this. I don't trust you at all. I don't even know why I'm doing this. But yeah, I guess you could have it. How, how were they giving? They were giving with a joyful heart. And that's why you got to get the mind of the Lord. If you got the mind of the Lord and you know what he wants, then when you give, you can really give in joy, can't you? Because you're not, it's not about who you're giving it to. It's not about even what the money's going to do. It's about you obeying the Lord and the response to him for what he's done for us. And that's why you can be joyful. Jesus did so much for me, I can give back to him. You guys always know my crazy stories, and I've run across a few people that, oh, man, burned me up because of what they did, right? And you might have a few people that you helped out, and then you turned around and saw what they did with the help that you gave them. It's not about you giving to them and what they do with it. It's about us being obedient to the Lord. Get that first, all right? If the Lord tells you to give it, you give it, and then you can be filled with joy. It's such an important lesson for, for me and hopefully for many of you. They were extremely poor, but they, in generosity, they were rich. Has God asked you to give, but you give him some excuses? What's the excuses you give? Well, Lord, it's just not really a good time. You see, I've really been looking at this bass boat, and it is nice, and I want to get it for Christmas. But once I get that paid off, God, then I can help you out. Amen? <laughs> I'm getting the cue. Don't talk about that one, right? Oh, we just have some things we need to do the house. Our kitchen floor just really needs to be redone. When we get that done, Lord, then we can give. The car is just in kind of a bad spot. I saw a really nice new Honda Pilot. I think it's going to be a great vehicle. And then I can give. Hello? How does that usually work? You go from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Amen? So be careful about making those kind of excuses. Um, some people might be like this. I just don't know how we would make it. God, you're asking me to give this, but I don't know how we would survive if we gave what you asked us to give. I, just, I don't see how it would work out, so I don't think I better do that. Do you know how many things in the scriptures, if the people told the Lord, I don't really know how this is going to work out. I don't think I'm going to do it. What would happen, right? What if Noah told God, um, well, I've never really even seen this rain stuff that you're talking about, and you want me to load up about, you know, 8,000 animals on a big boat. I just, I don't think this is going to work out, God. I don't see it, right? Uh, you want me to stand up when everybody else is bowing down, and there's a big hot fiery furnace over there, and they've been threatened that we might get thrown in that? Uh, Lord, I just don't see how this is going to work out. Maybe if you could give me the details, then I'll, I'll step into it, right? You want to take a million people across the body of water? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I mean, you know, yeah, that's just not going to happen. Hello? We do the same thing with our finances sometimes, don't we? God, I just don't see how you're going to do this. So until you can give me the details, then maybe I'll take the step of faith. That's not faith, is it, right? If you have all the details, that's not faith. Faith is just trusting the Lord when you know he says this is what you need to do. And again, Paul challenging us to give even in adversity. Again, the important thing, again, with so many things in our life, the important thing is to get the mind of the Lord, right? What does the Lord want me to do today, this week, this month? What does he want me to do? And I will follow him. So give 
even in adversity. Second thing this morning, give with intensity. Look on down, if you would, to verse 3. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even, look at this, beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part, the Corinthians' part. Verse 7, but just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace, look at that, this grace of giving. Okay? All right. Again, a couple more things to learn this morning as we think about giving with intensity. The churches in Macedonia, they gave what they could. Some people don't even do this, right? Can I just be real transparent again this morning with you? Some people, and I don't think it's any of the people here because I know how we survived, but some people, when they come to church, they reach in their billfold and they pull it out. Oh, I got a $5 bill. Oh boy, I'm giving five bucks to the church this morning. Amen, right? And they may make, you know, $100,000 a year, but they just gave five bucks to the church. God bless them, right? <laughs> some people give that's way below their ability. Paul says here about the Macedonian churches that they gave. First off, they gave what they could give, right? They're so hungry. Some people are so hungry to consume their resources upon themselves that the important things get left undone and they ultimately end up hurting themselves. The Macedonians not only gave what they could, but they gave beyond their ability. I love this. So who gets the credit for that? The Lord does, right? When you give outside of yourself and you're still able to sustain and be provided for, the Lord gets the credit. The Macedonian churches gave beyond their ability. And I would word it this way. This is when you give even when it hurts. Some of us are able to give and we just kind of have budgeted things and okay, that's all right, we can give, it's fine. But this is when you give and some things you're not gonna get because you give. Now, Mother Teresa has this quote I thought was pretty good. If you give what you do not need, it isn't giving. <laughs> that's pretty challenging, isn't it? We know her reputation, right? If you give what you do not need, well, that's not giving. Uh, do you give like that? Well, that turkey's been in the freezer for probably 15, 17 years. Let's give it to the church. Maybe they can use it, right? Oh, man, those old tattered, worn-out clothes I've been keeping in the garage. I wax the car with them once in a while. Maybe the church can use it. Hello? We're going to go help give the homeless something to eat and drink, but, boy, let's make, we don't want to buy the nice water. Let's get the cheapest, cheapest water we can get. Hello? Kind of quiet out there this morning. Right? How about every now and then giving the people in need the best? Hello? I've been challenged that with even that recently. I mean, yes, I want my money to go far, and yes, I want it to help a lot of people, but a lot of times what I'm giving, it's really just a matter of trust. I don't trust that person, so I don't really want to give them really good stuff. So, again, it kind of shows the motive of my heart, right? Am I really trying to please the Lord, or am I really trying to just take care of myself? All right? Be challenged this morning. I hope, again, you guys are being challenged as much as the preacher is, but maybe I'm the only one with conviction. But let the Lord speak to your heart today. They gave beyond their ability. 
They begged to give. Now, when's the last time we've seen that? Preacher, preacher, I just, I just love what you guys are doing. I want to give you so much money to do this. Oh, no, no, we can't do that. Oh, but I really want to. No, no, no. We can't. Preachers don't do that, do they? What? Oh, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> That's how we think, right? The churches of Macedonia begged to participate in the work at Jerusalem. That wasn't their people. As a matter of fact, to some, in some extent, the people at Jerusalem culturally would have looked on these Macedonian people as Gentile dogs, right? They're the enemy. They're not even as good as us. They're not as good as even our poor people. But you know what <laughs> the Macedonian church has said? We want to help. How can we help? What can we do? Let that be the spirit of our church when a need arises, right? How can we help? What can we do? How can we be a part of the solution? And then notice what he said. They first gave to God, and then they gave to Paul's ministry. They first gave to God of themselves. And you guys, man, can I beg you this morning, don't miss that step. Give to God first. Give to God yourself first. Not, I'm not talking about your tithe or your income or whatever. I'm talking about of yourself. Give yourself to God. Then receive what the Lord's wisdom is, and then give as the Lord leads. They gave to God first. And so today, I just want to remind you as we close out that paragraph there, giving is part of being a mature Christian, okay? Paul says to the church at Corinth, hey, you've been great in your faith and your speech and your knowledge and your love. These things are all important, but also make sure today that you are gracious and you have the grace gift of giving. All right, finally this morning. So we've talked about giving in adversity, giving with intensity, the last one this morning is to give with sincerity. Look down, if you would, there again at verse 8. Of course, verse 9, one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. Giving with sincerity. Paul says, I'm not commanding you. Again, you can't command somebody to give. But I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Now, this is kind of an interesting thing. Again, uh, we don't really have too many young unmarrieds here today, but if someone says, well, if you love me, then you'll do this or that, that's usually a red flag, right? <laughs> if you love me, X, Y, and Z, right? But the Lord, who is holy and perfect, what does he say? If you love me, you will keep my commandments right you will demonstrate your love and so for paul to say this here he's just saying what the lord has already said to his disciples if you love me i want you to have an opportunity to hear to prove to evident your faith to make it known that your faith is real this is a phrase i put up before but i want you to think about this morning a professing christian who gives no time no money or no talent to god is at the very least a hypocrite, all right? Someone who claims the name of Christ but gives no time or no money or no talent to the Lord, at the very least, is a hypocrite. And that's what Paul is pointing out here. I want to see the grace gift in you. We are to give in light of the greatest gift, and that is the gift of salvation. Uh, again, can I share with you this this morning, just a good simple thought today. If you had a billion dollars, a billion, if you had a trillion dollars to give, wouldn't be a drop in the bucket to the gift of salvation that you can receive in Christ. Okay? So as you think about this next verse, 
Let your generous spirit this week, let it be your resources or your time or your abilities, let it be a response to what Jesus has done for us. The richest of the rich left the heights of heaven that the poorest of the poor might become rich, right? Oh, praise the one who paid my debt <laughs> and gave his life, right? Oh, he rose up from the dead. His name is Jesus. Again, let's just briefly look at verse 9, and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a morning. You know, Paul says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus. Okay, we could demonstrate grace in a few different ways. Grace at this time of year is really good, especially if we're talking about David and Jacob, because those boys don't deserve a thing. Amen? Oh, there's one back there. I knew I could get one. And if Michael gives them some gifts, even though they don't deserve it, what is that? That's grace, right? Now, the preacher had to help them out this summer because they had actually done some work and they were mowing, they were working hard. That's a wage. When you work and you get something, that's a wage, right? But when you don't do anything and someone does something wonderful for you, what's that? That's grace, all right? Some people have used different acronyms for it. Some is like God's riches at Christ's expense, okay? That's a good example of this picture that we don't deserve it, but we are receiving. Paul says, you know the grace or the generosity or that giving spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, think about this just for a second. Who's the richest person you know? We could name a lot of different people, right? Mr. Bezos is doing pretty good this time of year, I guess, with the old Amazon company, isn't he, right? Okay. Mr. Gates is still not hurting. His pocketbook's doing all right. He's a little more philanthropical than he used to be, but I don't think that the Microsoft Foundation's all doing all that poor, right? You could look at some of your athletes or your music stars or your NFL or other organization owners, right? They're doing pretty good, right? There's some people, the pandemic, have done really good in the pandemic, haven't they? Okay. But think about this for a second. How rich is Jesus? Let's just put it this way. If he wants more gold, he can make it. Say what? You've heard about the golden touch, Midas and the golden touch, right? You know, if you, if you want to think about the element that is gold, if Jesus wanted a little more, he could just create it. If he needed more time, he could stop the sun. If he needed a little more land, he can build another planet that works just as good or better than this one. <laughs> Do you know the riches of Jesus Christ? He is God, and he's the creator. And yet, this is, oh, this is so awesome. Yet he became poor. He became one of us. He was born in a, a little stable, in a manger they laid him. His parents weren't even completely married at the time. His dad was a carpenter. <laughs> and he was from uh, Nazareth, of all places. What? That's like being from Cicero or something. Right? Nothing good comes from there, right? Maybe we could say the east side. You guys can never call it what you want to, right? Nothing good ever comes from there. That's what they thought about Jesus. Did he, was he born in a, in a palace? Was he born as a prince? The God who can make the gold and make the water and make the earth became a, a baby, a human being, and was born in the poorest of states. And he did that. Why? So that you and I might become rich. 
And I don't mean just making a million dollars. I mean loaded with eternal life. Did you hear what Esther read to you today? The little child will stick its hand in the viper's nest. And will anything happen to that? No. And the great big lion that loves to pray and prowl is going to lay down with the lamb. Because on God's holy mountain, it's all going to be made right, isn't it, right? Praise the Lord, right? That's what the Lord has done. The richest of the rich became the poorest of the poor so that we might become rich. Jesus took on our humanity, and through his poverty, we are rich. Again, I just challenge you this morning, if you will obey the Father, you too can change lives forever. What is God asking of you? How does the Lord want you to give? Is it your time this week? Is it your ability? Is it other resources? Just as clearly as I can say, if you will obey the Father, you will not be disappointed, right? Your preacher has a lot of confident things, but this is one thing that's just like, I'm guaranteeing you, if you'll obey the Lord in giving, you won't be disappointed. All right, one final illustration here this morning. I think it's a good, encouraging, and a challenging thought for us to think about. This is from Dave Ferguson. In a sermon on giving, Dave Ferguson, he was pastor of Community Christian Church there in Naperville, Illinois. He read a letter from a couple who attended the church, Jeff and Julie. They write, Julie and I started attending Community Christian Church in January of 93 after moving here from California. We moved here for a business opportunity that ended up not quite working out, and we soon found ourselves in a desperate financial situation. We were behind in our rent and our car payments, and we had back IRS payments, and we had 16 credit cards with more than $40,000 in debt and not enough food in the fridge to keep our tummies full. And on top of all that, we had decided to try and start a business. Well, in the middle of this, John had challenged us to include our finances in our commitment to following Jesus, and I really struggled with this. It wasn't that I didn't want to support the church or I didn't want to set an example for others to follow. It was, in fact, that on occasion, Julie and I were so broke that we ended up going to a friend's restaurant to ask for free food. I thought, if I'm struggling to keep my family, how can I commit what I don't have to God? What am I supposed to do? Just write a check for 10% of my income and hope that something happens? John urged me to trust God and to give it a shot. And after prayer and discussion, we decided that God would get the first portion of every check and not just what we were willing to give up each week. We learned to make God the first priority in our lives, and we had no idea how we'd get by. During the week after this decision, my brother and I were dropping off flyers at a construction site looking for work. We'd started a carpentry company, and we met a builder and asked if he asked if we would be interested in doing their work. He had a house that was ready for us to start immediately and about 20 more to do during the next 12 months. And Julie and I no longer questioned how we'd honor our financial commitment. Julie and I decided to increase our giving. If our story ended there, it'd be a good story. However, you cannot outgive God. Over the next couple of years, through a complicated and divinely orchestrated series of events, Julie and I also went from renters to homeowners. And owning a home has given us the ability to restructure our debt and give us some security and stability. I felt the need to tell our story. This story is much, much more than about our finances. It's about faith and stepping out and trusting God with all that we have, our lives, our future, our relationship, and even our finances. Now, as I reflect on this story and what we experienced, I'm still trying to answer one question. What was it that we sacrificed? (laughs) Amen. When you give generously in obedience to God, it's not a sacrifice. 
because the Lord will compound the joy in your life. All right, so look at these questions this morning. Are you giving as God wants? In adversity, are you giving or are you clenching and holding? Are you giving with intensity? And again, it, I'm not just talking about if it's a check or a, a dollar bill, but with the, the gifts you've been given, are you giving them with intensity to, to the people as the Lord leads you to? Are you giving with sincerity? Like, are you giving in a response to what the Lord has done for you? Look at this verse again, and we'll be dismissed in prayer this morning. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. How can I not give back to the Lord who has given for me? Amen. Thank you guys so much. Let's stand this morning. Thank you for your patience and your attention. As we pray today and we close in prayer today, would, would you ask the Lord? You, you can even open up your hands, physically do this if you want to, and say, Lord, everything I have, it's yours. If you need my vehicle, if you need my house, if you need, this is one of the hardest ones, if you need my kids, if you need my time, Lord, you have it. Robert is always so good to remind us about being a steward. We are just a steward of everything God gives us. I think even Rick mentioned it today, right? That everything we have, we're just managers of it. It's God, it belongs to God. So how are we sharing it with him? So I would have you today, as we, as we dismiss in prayer here in just a moment, would you say, Lord, this week, with my ability, my time, with my talents and skills, Lord, would you help me to give and show me where to give that you would be praised and that I'd be filled with great joy, okay? Do you guys have any other prayer requests before we get dismissed today? Michael. Thank you. Yeah, Michael shared that with me this week and it just kind of really broke my heart. Um, he was kind of tentatively seeking things out of the Lord and then it was just like shut down. So please pray that God will convict. And I know God can and will convict. Well, let's pray for Andrew that God will draw him to himself. Anything else today? Amen. So Wendy's asking for prayer for her cousins in all of this time that God will use this to get them right spiritually. And her, her main concern is their spiritual welfare. They, she's concerned about her uncle as well, but her, their spiritual welfare is what she's concerned about. So pray with Wendy for those things. Anything else this morning? All right, let's open up our hearts to the Lord. Again, remember that we will be meeting here at church on Wednesday, that anybody wants to meet at 7 o'clock for Bible study, but we'll still have our online presence. Continue to pray for each other. Even today, if you don't mind, if you would think about it as we dismiss in prayer, if you would pick somebody that's here in the building, um, 
We have Barb and we have Greg and we have Robert also online if you want to pray for one of them today. Um, let's remember each other as we go out this week and that we would be obedient as the Lord calls us to be, uh, to be generous with what he has given. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today it's just so good to be at your, in your house and in your word. Lord, thank you for the way you've spoken to our hearts and Lord, the way you have challenged mine. And Lord, pray that, that uh, we would all just be obedient to your call. Lord, we just, we need to hear your voice. And so Lord, if that means we've got to do a better job of our quiet time and quiet space and our prayer time or reading the word, Lord, this week, help us to really be disciplined in those things that we can hear your voice. Lord, as a church, I pray that you would help us as we are praying with each other and for one another and for the work you have us to do, Lord, that, that you would corporately help us to work together again, to hear your voice in that way and that we would be obedient. And Lord, it's just been so exciting to see you use other people as you put ministries on our heart, how others are providing and coming in to be part of that provision. And so, Lord, thank you for that. And just pray that you help us to, that to increase our faith and our trust, Lord, as we try to be obedient. Uh, Lord, this week, I just pray that as we have opportunities, uh, Lord, that we would really uh, do what you asked us to do, Lord. And then, Lord, I ask for myself and for others here that are like-minded, that we'd be very careful about putting restrictions and just really holding on to the things we're supposed to be giving. But Lord, that we would give in response to the love that you have shown to us. And Lord, that we could find great joy in just being obedient to you. And the Lord, we'll let you take care of the outcomes. And Lord, you work them out for your glory. Give us a, a grace to do that as well. Thank you so much for our church family today. Uh, be with us as we go out, especially be, Lord, be with Wendy's family, as she has mentioned, for their spiritual needs and use this time to draw them close to you. Please help us to encourage each other. And Lord, in all these things, we just pray that you would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I forgot one more thing, guys. Anybody that wants to come back after you go get some lunch, around 2 o'clock, we're going to try to decorate. So if you want to help decorate, we put up trees and boxes and candles and all kinds of stuff. You're welcome to come back this afternoon and help us out with that. So feel free to do that. Anything else? All right, have a great week.